You're listening to the Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. has traveled to Dubai all the way from Malaysia. And today's topic is a topic that fascinates me. We're going to be delving into our emotions, or more importantly, how we can identify and manage our emotions, otherwise known as emotional IQ. Our guest is the CEO of the Dixon Lab and the founder of a new technology called EmoWave. EmoWave is a brainwave technology that measures your emotional intelligence via speech. And the intention of today's episode is to demystify some of the confusion when it comes to emotional intelligence. We'll be talking about what emotional IQ means and how it can help you understand who you really are. And we'll be delving into just how Emo Wave can help you interpret your emotional IQ. Some of the topics I'd like to discuss today is where our emotions arise from, how our childhood influences, and how we can best navigate our fears and wishes. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Dr. Dixon to the show. Firstly, Dr. Dixon, for those that don't know, what is emotional intelligence? It's an interesting topic. A lot of us um, thought that we know our emotions. Yet emotion is not something we can feel it. Uh, whatever we feel might not be that emotions. Yet emotion is a, a kind of energy that's vibrating inside of us. It's interesting. Yeah. It's an energy that's vibrating. It's an energy vibrating. that's vibrating inside of us. A lot of times uh, it does shape our behaviour and thought. Mm-hmm. Yet the question is, are we able to identify that emotions coming from feeling or it's just a feeling itself? So it's been a topic for many, many years. And what I'm really interested about is, are we able to measure that emotion that vibrating inside of a person? Okay, interesting. Where do our emotions arise from? Where do they come from? Ah, in my research, emotions are basically coming from a past experience that we have. And it's like, See, our brain we can store all kinds of experiences that we've gone through. And the interesting thing is, whatever experience we've gone through, we can never, never forget it. Yet, it's hidden in our brain. It's implanted. It's implanted. It's, imprint, yes. yeah, it's, like, it's imprint. the imprint in yes. our, our brain. And interestingly, whenever things happen again, it's unconsciously just pop up. And that, a lot of us did not aware of it. Mm. And many of us does feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yet, that feeling, it could be deriving from the emotions. So emotions are this, where does it come from? It could come from our mm. past experience that we've gone through. Can we ever get rid of that imprint? Or is it always going to be there? Ah, we can get rid of it. As we are willing to acknowledge mm-hmm. what has happened to us, past experience, mm-hmm. good experience or your negative mm. experience, are we willing to acknowledge that particular moment? How does our childhood influence our emotional intelligence? Childhood is where our upbringing so mm-hmm. a lot of times the environment will impact us, the around us will impact us. Mm-hmm. Right? So if we gone through a pretty nice journey, we might have a very positive emotions uh, all the while because of the happy moment that we always have behind of us. If a child upbringing is in the tough, very challenging journey, chances are they will recall back all the negative thoughts, their emotion will be impacted. So that will shape their behavior. So I truly believe that all these emotions, all these behavior that are coming from a person, very high chances are coming from 
Yeah, childhood dream. And their environment. And that brings me on to my next question, which was going to be about the environment and culture. But all of this ties into each other. Our environment and our culture, the, the way we were brought up, it all has an impact on, on who we are. Yes, it does. Especially for environment. It does impact our emotion, our behavior, and even our characters. For example, I just came down to Dubai uh, uh, yesterday night. One thing that impressed me is the, the road system is so wide. Some people are more patient in terms of uh, driving on the highway. When I was to go back to my home country, the highway could be narrower. Uh, people tend to be more impatient about traffic or mm. the traffic jam. Imagine if I'm driving in Malaysia, I was stuck in the traffic like an hour, two hours, almost every day. And compared to uh, driving the same car in Dubai, potentially my emotion will be more positive or more happier, more cheerful. So impatience is seen as not a great kind of measure of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Is that what you're, yes. that what you're, uh, you're, you're indicating? Patience and impatience is a kind of the feeling that we can feel it. Emotion is something that very interesting is inside of us. That sometimes we are unable to actually even express to. Where did this journey start for you? Can you take me back into, into what got you interested in, in emotional intelligence and you know, the whole concept of emo waves started? So it all started then when my son was diagnosed with ADHD, hyperactive. Interesting. So in yeah. our country, when you are being labelled as a special kid, they tend to put you behind the class. So that moment, I started to look for solution for him. And I come across this neurofeedback when you put a headband on the forehead then by quieting, quiet down for two minutes, measure your brainwave. And from the brainwave, it's able to tell a person's behaviour. Even the kind of uh, physical pain a person are having, it impressed me. And when I talked to that uh, professor about the brainwave, told me that my son challenges are able to overcome by playing computer games in your brainwave. So the whole technology itself is to restructure your neurons, build more muscle on your brain. And it all started from there. And because of my curiosity, I put my son through the whole two years periods to do to play computer games with their brainwave. And I was curious about this. That's why I went back to school and started to pick up neuroscience. And is that something your son was particularly interested in? Is that why you focused on computer games? Was that a subject that he enjoyed? And did that connected in some part to how his brain worked? Or was it just a tool that you were using to exercise his, uh, his it's brain? Just a uh, it's just a computer game sort to of move the car using a brain wave. The whole objective is to build more brain muscle. It's just a tool. What improvements have you seen in your in your son since you started uh, doing this? So he's uh, more calmer. He learns things faster. The interesting thing is he knows what he wants. Because of this, I actually went back to school and I really studied the neurofeedback. And from there, I got curious about how our brain works. Yes. And that's the whole journey started. Interesting, because one of my questions was going to be about wouldn't it be amazing if we could have some type of study on emotional intelligence in schools because it often takes adults, it often takes us as adults a long time to navigate the process to understand our emotional intelligence and it's something that the journey that a lot of us go on and there's many adults out there that haven't successfully done that so if we could start with the kids when they're young and get them to understand 
their emotions and the feelings and what triggers this and what triggers that. I was thinking earlier before I was about to, to speak to you today that that could have such an important impact on, on the world in terms of it could reduce crime rates, it could increase grades, school, you know, it could have a knock-on effect on so many things. Looking at the world today, uh, why crimes happen, mm-hmm. why people are doing uh, uh, crazy things about it. My belief is all this coming from the emotions. If we are aware of our emotion and all this crime, it just happens in a split second. And that split second is about negative emotion. Just right after that, particular person might feel guilty or, yeah, I've done something wrong. Are we aware that particular moment, what kind of emotion you are having. If you are able to aware of that and consciously knowing that, chances are we can reduce crime or we can reduce a lot of unnecessary... Uh, it's all good and well to say these things, but I think, I don't think we'd, any of us would be honest with ourselves if we said we hadn't been in a situation whereby, you know, your emotions are quite high and when we're out of that situation, it's easy for us to say how we would act. Yes. But when you're actually... In that situation, sometimes it becomes a lot more challenging to navigate your way out of it. So it's all about, it's not about whether that particular person or us getting feedback from certain area, are this coming from an opinion base or a factual base? Whole intention to create this revolutionized technology is to come from a space that is a factual base rather than coming from others as an opinion base. So our voice do not lie. By speaking to the mic just for five minutes, it can show you your emotion, why you do what you do. And if you acknowledge it, that's where the first self-awareness towards our own. We are willing to accept that. That imprint will always be in us. And my whole intention is to get a person aware of your emotional state and what triggers you to have certain type of thoughts or certain type of behavior. And to the long run, my intention is from the voice itself, we're able to identify what kind of real intention, what do you want? And a lot of times, we are not able to express what do we want to others. Because using words or languages, it might be very difficult. So many of us tend to just hold it and hide it inside us. Now, what if a technology itself coming from your voice, they're able to show what do you want? And with that report, it's yeah, easy for you to actually express to others. That will create a, a what I call, a opportunity for a person to unleash themselves much more easier in the shortest period of time. Some people are more confident at speaking than others. Mm. Quite often that may be because they've, they've been on public speaking courses mm. or they're actors or you know, they've been part of a job where they're continually put out there on stage and they're having to talk to an audience. Is that going to impact on their results on Emo Wave? Does it matter? Because some people are confident speakers, but their emotional IQ isn't particularly very high, whereas other people are very quiet and shy, but they may be more aware of the emotional intelligence. Is that going to impact on their, their results? Uh, no, it will not impact. Because what we are mentioning is not what you say, it's not the tone and the content or the languages. Mm-hmm. So what we are collecting is the triggers from your voice. So what are triggers? See, our, our voice is like a sine wave. So what I'm collecting is the top and bottom triangle of that sine wave. So these mm-hmm. are called triggers. In the middle part, 
these are the white noise. Where you contain your languages, your tone, your content, your stories, we remove. These triggers are the imprint coming from your emotion. And this imprint will not happen overnight. This imprint go through a long period of times through your past life journey or experiences. That imprint are still there. Until the day you acknowledge it and you're willing to change, that's where the imprint will go reduce. So tell me about your visit to Dubai. Uh, because from what I understand is that the whole concept of emo wave, it's it's getting a lot of interest here in Dubai. And as a result of that, you're running quite a few different seminars over a period of a few days. So my whole intention uh, visit to Dubai or to other countries is to pass on my knowledge to as many people as possible. My greatest um, intention is, are we... Are these people willing to take on the book that I'm doing to serve the next humanity? So organizing all these seminars is to create awareness. But my whole objective, right, are there people willing to learn the new skills so that they can take this as a value add to their profession and serve another humanity? What vision do you have for Emo Wave? How would you like it to change the world? Uh, the world, I might not dare uh, to go that huge. Potentially, I'm looking at if somebody can use it as a tool to create self-awareness for others and willing to unleash that person, that will be a huge, right? A huge, uh, what I call, feedback to the society. Yes. So imagine it's Dubai itself, train 100 to 200 of practitioners willing to take this on to serve another 10. The exponential growth, this will be a beautiful place. The benefits as well for incorporating this into training, into like the corporate environment, that could have a great knock-on effect to companies and the productivity of their companies because they have more of an understanding of their workforce. Oh, it does, it does. So one of the uh, features of uh, EmoWave is to for recruitment. Right? Use it to identify a person's emotion and their characters, whether these are the suitable career you know, position. Now imagine... If you tend to take up a job that not what you want inside of you, it will never last long. If the human resource are able to identify a person's strength and place that particular person into a proper uh, position that inside of them are keen to explore, not even productivity will go high, even the business efficiency will improve. And the best part is that particular employee or person will be more happier in what they do. So you can identify just through measuring someone's voice whether or not they're in the right job. Yes, whether they're in the right job or they're willing to go further. How does that translate to relationships and marriages? Oh, that's interesting. Um, when you combine two reports together, you'll be able to identify their communication and learning style, the couples, the way they communicate, and also looking at their long term. Mm -hmm. on the right direction. See, I truly believe that uh, um, for couples to get together, they must have a common interest. In the report, you're also able to identify the particular common interest mm -hmm. and whether their rhythmic pattern are similar. Just imagine how one of the couples, they move so fast, so I'm moving so slow. Right? You won't see that going to go for a long way. Both of them are having the same rhythmic pattern. Chances are, uh, these are lovely couples. They will move and the journey will be very meaningful. Just how can your understanding of emotional IQ impact on your mental health? Um, to me, mental health is uh, 
are we aware of ourselves right, truly? Mm. Or are we willing to accept who we are? Right? A lot of us will get into mental health because first, we are not aware. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, we've been listening to the opinions of others right? and the environment will impact because mm-hmm. of the amount of stress and anxiety coming in the environment. So, by knowing yourself, your awareness, the final question I would like to ask a person is, through the report, are you able to find what do you want? And the key is, what do you want to be? If from the report, if you are able to, from the Wave report, you are able to identify that, this person will unleash and will never get into the mental challenges. This is a special gift for you. Thank you so much. It's a book that written for my son. Diagnosed at ADHD, uh, we also feel depressed and sad about it. Yet, it's a misdiagnosed. Uh, so I've written a book and my two objectives for this book is to tell my son that, son, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just some kind of labeling. Like, Thank you. I appreciate that. that. I started off with uh, neurofeedback. It's such a beautiful technology. And this technology has been there for almost like 50 to 100 years. So yet we are not fully utilizing it. Mm-hmm. So the whole second objective is to tell the world that there are technology outside. We need to do this. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's interesting what you were saying about ADHD being a label because my background is in child protection. I was a child protection social worker for many years, for 10 years in the UK. And I used to work with many uh, children that were diagnosed with ADHD. And my opinion has always been that it's a label. It's a label that the medical profession have put on children to to make a lot of the parents feel better. And a lot of the time, ADHD is down to bad parenting. Nice. You know, it's because the parents... Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting in any way that, you know, that, that, that was in, in your case, but a lot of the parents that I used to deal with, it was because they couldn't... You know, the children were, were playing up in many ways because parents weren't um, giving them a, enough attention or, or whatever. And this label... I often used to think that the labels were more about the parents than the children. Because the parents could say, oh, yeah, well, my child is this way because of the ADHD rather than kind of taking responsibility within themselves. Even throughout the last five years' journey, a lot of parents come to us Mm. about their kids. Yeah. So they're willing to spend, like, to do an assessment using wave on their kids, get me to uh, understand their kids better. I always inform the parents, it's not the kids. It's the parents. It's so the I always encouraged to do the emo wave report yes. together with the kids. And mm. very interesting, the common things that I come about to know, children are the reflection of parents. And it shows exactly on our emo wave report. So when you was reading the children reports, at the same time you are reading the parents, we are able to identify the similarity from the parents and children. And even to the extent that we use this report, to help teenagers uh, to enroll into a higher uh, education program, mm-hmm. which they wanted to have it, just that they could not express it up. And a lot of times in my country, a lot of parents wanted them to go to the kind of courses according to their journey. So when I do the reports, then it shows the parents that, hey, in fact, it's not what your children want. Uh, it's the parents who want so that will give an indication of uh, mm-hmm. to allow the teenagers uh, to identify the passion and then to go through another few more years and then come up to the society 
and start to regret that this is not what they are. So here we have it. So this is my report. Yes. Thank you. In one page, this whole report comprises of 120 dimensions. Read this, it must be like a matrix format. So first we talk about stress. Oh, the kind of stress you're having. So where does the stress coming from? Anything above 20%, 12%, we call it emotional stress. Emotional stress means like a person who worries others more than themselves. But for you, you're almost approaching to 20%. So I'm just on the cusp there. Yes. So you're over 20. Having your stress are coming from emotion. You care for others more than yourself. Above 20%, you care for others so much that will impact your sleep. Sometimes you could not sleep at all at night, others. So over here, you are, you are, you are such a big heart person. Mm-hmm. You always like to serve others. Anything below 5%, their stress is coming from logical. So if you give a project to that person, that person will ask how and how and how. Tell the person, I say, I know, but and but and but. This stress indicator is to indicate where are your stress coming from. So the next dimension is the kind of uh, musical note. Now our voice is like musical note. So it shows the rhythmic pattern inside of you. When you start to speak, note one will produce. Note one are C. It means you are a person who, is, who loves sentimental music. When you listen to sentimental music, you feel active, happy personally. Not very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Even when you speak to a stranger, within 10 minutes, the stranger is like a good friend. Mm-hmm. Because they just love to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Because when you speak, the other party are listening to you like listening to a sentimental music. That, so that's good, yeah? That's good. Yet, yet, the next note, after a while, it goes all the way to G. means your high pitch will come up and yeah. you move very fast. Right? G is a person right, who goes all the way. is a go-getter. So if you believe something, you will never stop. You'll go all the way. If you mm. do not believe anything, no one can convince you. And you notice the note is quite far apart. Either no or yes, you'll go all the way. If no, so these are the rhythmic pattern of our behavior. Imagine okay. if you combine two couples or couples together. If their musical notes are within the same note, these are lovely couples because they move along the same wavelength. What if both of them are far apart? That might be a challenge. Going back to the emotional here. So as a result of that, what would you say I needed to work on? Uh, probably spend more time for yourself. Right? Meditation. It could be meditation mm-hmm. to spend more time for yourself, especially when you have G. I'm not surprised that when you wake up in the morning, you might have muscle tense on mm-hmm. your shoulder, a little of that pain. Yeah, I do have quite, yes. quite sore shoulders a lot. Yes, just take care of that. Potentially, the one question I might ask you is, what will you do to take care of yourself more? It could be meditation, or you can spend a day for yourself, mm-hmm. or you can go for nature. Just spend more time for yourself. Okay. So let's go further and look at a frequent emotion. Frequent emotions are the emotions that impact by environment. These are the emotions that you possess a lot right, based on the environment. Frequent emotions are funny, active, very nice. So very cheerful outside. Again, these are impact by environment. It is your core emotion. Core mm. emotion is something that inside of you. Mm. So core emotion, the way I explain is like, Sometimes when you're happily doing something, mm-hmm. suddenly you recall an incident. That incident only lasts you for two or three seconds. Moment is you feel sad about it. The core emotion. And your That's core emotion. Interesting though, because I would say I was introverted. I wouldn't think I was extroverted. So your core emotion is extroverted mm-hmm. and self-confident. So what does it mean? There are mm-hmm. two possibilities. You'll be sending out a lot of love. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they might not have enough acknowledgement back to you. But the next thing possible is, you wanted to receive a lot of love. And so far, not many people are giving you back the kind of love that you want. Okay. So that could be the love romance. Okay. Yeah, because of the high emotional stress, you care for others. Yeah. So you've been sending out a lot of love. So that is very nice, big heart. Yeah, people need to acknowledge you back. Basically, the whole page here is about why you do what you do. It's not mm. who you are. When you understand this, mm-hmm. you get to know, oh, this is the way I work. This is the way I take actions. As long as there's somebody asking me for help or ask me for support, I will go away. Did I have any disempowering emotions? Oh, you does. So, on this side, these yeah. are your disempowering emotions. These are empowering. Your yeah. empowering emotions are joy yes. and this. Your disempowering emotions are misery and anger. Okay. Now, anger will not come first. Misery will arrive first. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, what does misery mean? Misery means your person when others ask you for help, you will say, yes, I will help you. I will help you. So mm-hmm. imagine there are 50 of them come to ask you for help. You're going to help them better. Mm-hmm. That is misery. When things overwhelm over you, mm-hmm. that's where misery happens. misery are too much, that's where the anger. Interesting. Then let's look at your communication learning style. The way you receive information. Base. When information goes to you, which sensory are used more of? We do not dominate by one sensory. Mm. We'll go to the next sensory before we make a decision or take an action. So when information goes to you, you're a feeling person. You feel from the heart. Mm. Big heart person. Then, outward means I need more, give me more. Trovert means outside environment. So you're a person with big heart and environment will impact you. Especially while you're having some uh, coffee break outside the coffee shop. But if uh, a beggar just walk towards you. You can feel that he's coming. And when the beggar is clo- getting closer to you, automatically you'll take out some mo- money or cash, mm-hmm. give to the beggar. And yeah. the way you learn things is through stories. You love stories. And you love drama stories. The more drama stories are, you feel. Oh, I do so. love a good story. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So that is where you receive information. After that, you process through hearing outward extrovert. When you receive a story, ask around and say, is the story true? Mm. If the story is true, then you say, ah, oh, now I feel it. Then you'll take action. And once you understand the story, you will express it out again. <laughs> that is the way you communicate and learn. <laughs> then if you go further, like present characters, present characters is how others perceive you as a person as a person. Others perceive you as an observer. Mm. Observer is a person who loves to learn new things. Curious about new technology, mm-hmm. uh, new happenings. So, imagine there are 10 new technology. You're going to learn all 10. That's a good thing about you. Now, the no good thing about you, you only learn the surface, then we'll go deeper. And the best part of you is, you can learn all the 10 things and combine into one. Yet, present character, this is how others perceive you as a person. People perceive you as a knowledgeable person. To me, that's not important. The important is, what do you want for yourself? Real intention. Your real intention is loyalist. You have a lot of knowledge. At this moment, you just want to ask yourself, when can I leverage on what I have and stable down? And I just live peacefully. Mm. So that is a loyalist. You're looking for something very unique in your life journey. That your intention is to serve. My intention is, is to, to serve the next To serve, yes. yes. And I'm looking for... What's that? Reliability? Reliability, yes. Okay. So that is what you want. And what's what's this here? Ah, the brain activities. These are the brain activities. It indicates whether yeah, the current brain you're yeah, using more on the left 
brain activities or right brain. Mm-hmm. For you, it's more on the right brain activities. Right brain connect with your heart emotion. So far, your right brain is very congruent with your feeling. So you are a well-connected person. You mm. understand, you connect to your own feeling. What would you say was a healthy stress level? What would, you, what would be a healthy stress level? Um, in the report, there's no healthy stress level. Everyone has stress. Mm-hmm. Whether are we aware, where, does, where are the stress coming from? Once you are aware, you are able to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or understand it or accept it. So at this moment, it's like, right, for you, it's more on the emotional side. So when people come and ask you for help, let's say 100 people come and ask you for help, are you willing to say no? which normally you will not do that, right? Or are you willing to actually spend more time for yourself and take care of yourself first or you take care of others? Thank you so much. Wow. Dr. Dixon, thank you so much for your thank time you today. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you? They can go to our Facebook, Emo Wave, Emia. Emo Wave. Uh, E-M-E-A, yes. Okay, so what I will do is for the social media, I'll put the links into the, uh, the, the description so that everyone knows where to find you. Thank you so much for your time.